Talking Leaders is a Voquinexus production. We help leaders who want people to really hear what they have to say. This time on Talking Leaders, I'm talking with Mike Catalanello. Welcome, Mike. Glad to be here. Now, Mike, on your uh, LinkedIn profile, it it says you're a CEO peer advisor, double digit growth expert and CEO coach. And also it talks about the wide range of areas that you've worked in. Just give us a little thumbnail sketch of you before we go into some detail. Sure. So, Paul, I've got about 35 years experience uh, and I've started finance, uh, spent a considerable amount of time in sales leadership and then moved into general management where uh, I've been a division president and CEO of uh, companies ranging from 150 to $450 million uh, that span uh, either global or uh, domestic here across North America. Mm. And and most of those businesses are, uh, are, well, they're all B2B businesses. Uh, everyone that I ran, I grew at least a minimum of $50 million. And um, and a lot of them were in information services or asset-based businesses. Now, when we spoke before, we talked about lots of different things, lots of different skills and lots of experience that you bring to bear. But the one word that kept coming up, which really caught my attention, was talent. So if we could, I'd like to sort of focus this conversation, at least, on talent. I mean, what do you think about talent? How do you think about talent and how do you set about particularly boosting business performance through talent? That's a great question. And... um, You know, there's a lot of different types of companies that have different types of assets, be it equipment or machinery or uh, let's whatever you're making or selling, be it a service. It's the people that make it happen. Right. And so, you know, when I look to uh, what's going to drive an organization, I look for certain attributes that I think are essential, uh, at least for me as a leader to have in somebody who's going to be a direct report to help me succeed and win. Mm-hmm. Part of that is really, uh, part of it's a mindset. So do you play to win or do you play not to lose? So right. to me, it starts right there. Yeah. And then and then really uh, a drive or a passion. Are you hungry? So uh, I've met a lot of people who are, let's say, from the right schools and almost feel that it's a divine right that they should have this role. Uh, I would much rather have a scrappy fighter than somebody who has a defined right. Uh, Then I look for intellectual curiosity, Mm -hmm. somebody who's willing to challenge things. I look for good communication skills, both written and verbal, because we have to be able to articulate what our vision is, what our goals are, and get people to follow. And then uh, I would say a, a fair dose of empathy, right? As as you look to the organization, you know, everybody has a role. Right? And their ability to uh, execute against their specific goals, not everybody is blessed with the same skill sets. Therein lies the opportunity to blend, uh, let's say, somebody's got this skill and somebody has a different skill, and leveraging uh, the collective of the group, right? Mm. And then the, abil- the ability to execute, right? Mm. And and my sort of my mantra has been in my leaders when I'll interview somebody, I'll quite often in the interview process uh, ask them to give me a story about a success, but I'll follow that up with a story about a failure. Mm-hmm. And people that tell me they've never failed are immediately dismissed <laughs> because, because my view is if you've never failed, you've never tried to do anything. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, and I think through failure comes strength because you should have learning. Yeah. Right? 
what it, how did that happen? What did I miss or what did I do wrong? Did I have the right team? Did I have the right product, right price? So again, coming back and peeling that onion. And so in teams that I've managed, when I look at hiring talent or surrounding myself with talent, those key attributes are really key to me and what I look for in an individual. Right, right. Um, you're very thorough, though, aren't you, in, in vetting that talent and understanding that talent. Maybe give us one of the, the stories you were telling me about, about where you've taken this approach and, and talk us through in a bit more detail what you did. Yes. Uh, when I was hired by a major publisher, I went through a vetting process, and it's the first time I had been through this process. And to be honest, uh, I, I was really not bought in on it. I thought it was a bit hokey. It was about 300 questions. And their assessment was essentially that uh, you were either highly recommended, recommended, or not recommended. I happen to be highly recommended. I got the job. So this company was for about six years. It was previously a monopoly. Uh, it had performed very well. It was about a $200 million division. And uh, I was being hired because the house was on hot fire. <laughs> and the revenues had declined by about $50 million. And uh, the, the top line, which was $52 million, had declined to about eight. So it was, a ten, it was a 10 alarm fire, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was their number two customer. And this was, so I, let's not mention any names, but this was a significant publishing company. I mean, this wasn't some little, little sort of, you know, fly-by-night organization, strong history. Right. This is a Fortune 500 uh, publisher, a top-tier publisher. Mm. And, uh, and this division was in trouble. So I had come on board, and I had, on my first day or two, I had met all my uh, my team, my management team, and there were about 26 managers. And I had added up all the years of experience. There were 26 of them, and it had come to over 700 years, mm -hmm. a considerable depth of experience, you would think. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. I, I'd spent about a half hour with each one of them talking and meeting each one of them individually, one-on-one. -on -one. And... Um, and so I add up all the experience. It was over 700 years. And I thought, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. Mm. Uh, and then when I met many of them, I thought, you know what? I'm in trouble <laughs> because half of these people, there's nobody home. They're, they were order takers. They were not leaders. They had just been ascended to these positions because they happened to be there. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to engage uh, this outside firm, it's based out of Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, to assess my 26 managers and get their opinion uh to see how it aligns with my opinions mm, mm. and and lo and behold uh essentially we came away with two groups right sort of let's say the a group and the c group and the, the kind of things that they were probing for i mean was it the same as the four traits that you outlined to us before that they were trying to trying to dig out uh, so, some were the same so mm. there were eight key characteristics that they they look at and mm. and intellectual curiosity communication skills leadership skills so the view uh, is consistent across uh, yeah. let's say the 26 and so when i looked at that i thought okay and this had a team of about 450 sales reps so it was a rather large group yeah. and and like i said we had six years of decline and we needed to do something relatively quickly uh, i put together a reorganization plan uh, and I had started the interview process. Uh, we had looked at bringing in people from the outside, which would give me a fresh perspective, uh, which was important to me. Um, and in the reorganization, I took out about 13 managers through this reorganization. Mm -hmm. And uh, over the next four years, we posted back the 50 million we had lost. So we reversed that trend. 
and what was uh, I think helpful to me. Uh, so the write-up that comes off of of that outside firm, uh, they give you a write-up. So it gives you an insight into the individual and what makes them tick. Right. So in managing them, I can look at that and see what was important to those individuals. Some people need a lot of attention. Other people need less attention. Other people need a lot of stroking. Some people need less. Some people need a lot of guidance. And in that organization, when I first came there, direct reports, so these are people running you know, $50 million groups, would come to me and say, uh, what do you want to do? And I'd say, well, Paul, this is your group. What do you want to do? Mm. Well, I don't, I don't want to make that decision. Well, why not? Well, what if I'm wrong? Well, I, I'm paying you to run this, right? Make the decision, right? And if, if it's very questionable, then let's talk about it. But I, I want to empower you to go and move. We want to move with speed, mm. right? We, we don't want to, you know, delay things for 30 or 60 days because, you know, I'm not available traveling or meetings or what have you. So part of this is my own personal style because I'm not a micromanager. If I believe that you're competent, I will leave you alone and run. If I'm all over you, that's that's a signal that you're in trouble. (laughs) Do you when you're doing this, do you distinguish between let's draw upon sports again, between talent and form? Uh, I was having a conversation with somebody about this the other day, and she was saying, you know, form is temporary, class, as she called it, meaning talent, is permanent. I mean, you buy a top striker, we were talking about soccer earlier, um, clearly a great, great guy, but he hasn't scored a goal for 20 games. Uh, Okay, do you drop him, or do you say, "Mm, okay, still really talented, need to to get him back to form. Can you do that with leaders? Can you see that? Is that something you look for and say, this guy is a really great leader, but for some reason... He himself or surroundings, he's just not been delivering. But I still, I still believe yeah. in that person. Yeah. So, he, so here's the approach on that. So, uh, what I would generally do is I would have what I would call a weekly one-on-one. So, just you and I speaking, and part of that's going to be a business conversation, and part of it's going to be you know what's going on. So, if I if I'm let's say detecting let's say a trend, right, a consistent trend, a downward slide. Uh, you know, I might say, uh, you know, hey, Paul, what's what's going on with you? Right. Uh, you, you have all these this capacity, this this background, and yet uh, you're not performing well. Mm. And and sometimes you uncover, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going through a personal hard time. Uh, I'm going through a divorce or I, I have a personal hardship and they'll share it with you and you say, OK, uh, maybe I can get you some help or can I help you through this? And most of the time, people will say, you know, Mike, I'm aware of it. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up, and I will attend to it. And I would say eight out of ten times, they'll take the the action necessary and get back on track. Mm -hmm. The other 20% of the time is when you need to make a change, right, Mm -hmm. because uh, they've taken their eye off the ball or something else has happened that – it's not performing and then you need you need to take an action do you could you give us an example an anonymized obviously of somebody who yeah you know on paper wasn't cutting it but you saw something and you thought this 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 guy or this woman is is really worth sticking with yes there was a person again at a fortune 500 fortune 100 company Mm. it was it was a female and the organization was let's call it male oriented and this is this is before diversity became uh, let's say the norm. Mm. She was very bright. She had uh, 
a good background in terms of her education. She had a lot of ideas in terms of innovation. And she was sort of, uh, I would say, in a rut, in a mm. job. Mm. And I had called upon her and I said, you know, it seems to me that you're not happy in your current role. I said, well, why don't you tell me what's going on? She's like, you know, I, quite frankly, I'm kind of bored to death. I really need a new challenge. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, I'm going to create this group. Uh, so this was a strategic accounts group. I'd like you to lead it up. I want you to think about it. Don't tell me an answer right now. Just think about it. Mm. And uh, she says, well, I've never actually done this. And I said, I know. I said, but I, I think you'll be absolutely fantastic at it. And I remember telling my management teams, which she was not a part of, that I was going to do this. And they, of course, thought this was a terrible idea. They were all males, by the way. Mm. This was a terrible idea uh, that, you know, she was not accepted by the group and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what, guys? I think she's just what the doctor ordered. And she is going to get this job. And she is going to lead it. And you guys need to come along and accept it and support her. Right. right, and if you don't support her, that means you don't support me. And if you don't support me, that won't be good for you. Right? Mm. So I brought her in. I gave her the role. I uh, I helped pick her team. So her and I did that together, and then I let her run. Mm-hmm. She did fantastic. Wow. Right? She, wow. She really blossomed, and I remember her coming into me after the first year, and she had tears in her eyes. She goes, you know, she goes, I had a lot of personal problems going on at the time that I couldn't. Uh, go into with you. She's going through a divorce. She goes, but you believed in me and you gave me an opportunity. And she goes, I'll never forget that. Mm. And uh, it made me feel like a million bucks because I saw what could be in her and I just unleashed it. And she, uh, she rose to the occasion in space and her team loved her and her team loved her. Right. So can you remember what it was you saw? What was the, 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 the twinkle that you thought, ah, yeah, star in the making. Uh, it was really her her passion. She right. wa- she wanted to win. She wanted to perform well. She wanted to make a difference and contribute. Mm. And she had come up with a bunch of ideas, uh, but she wasn't really allowed to let's say blossom. And I was in desperate need of of success in a couple of areas. And I, and I had choices. I could have gone in different directions. And I thought, you know what? Uh, I wanted somebody who was hungry for success, for mm-hmm. the opportunity. I gave her a shot at, let's say, the first ring of brass ring. Mm-hmm. She saw it and she grabbed it and Brilliant. she took it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and I bucked. And part of it was also a message to the the rest of the team that, you know, this is not a good old boys club, right? Yeah, we're we're going to move forward, right? And and they they came around. It took yeah. a little bit of time, yeah. but they did come around. But talking to you uh, when we were going through some of the things that you've done, I mean, this is a this is a common thing that you've found you had to do is is completely revamp the talent pool at, at, in key positions, and yes. and do a bit of surgery and uh, do a bit of, of of boosting and so forth. Uh, so turning around your 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 question from uh, your your comment from earlier, have you ever done that and it's not worked? I can't say that I've had. I've had a problem in that area. I would say for the most part, I've had not good, good success in terms of, you know, making surgical incisions with the right person. Mm. Uh, I will tell you, uh, there was one instance where I put an individual in from the outside Mm. and the organization 
really worked hard to undermine and have that person fail. Right. Really, really worked hard. I think the first year was miserable. Mm. I can remember getting a call from one regional VP who said I had rented, uh, let's say, a Cadillac. Mm. Right? Why are you renting a Cadillac? Well, you know, I call a Paul, Paul, why'd you rent a Cadillac? Well, they were all out of that. And they said, hey, you can pick up any car for the same price at, at the uh, at the economy rate. So I took the Cadillac. Right. So, you know, so they thought he was spending money needlessly and it was a perception. Mm. But, it, you know, they were they were nitpicking this individual and not supporting what I really did with that individual, because it had had we not worked together, uh, it's po- possible that he would have failed. Uh, rather than me intervening directly, I would say to him, look, here's what I want you to do. Go back to this person. You go back to this person. And I want you to say this, this, and this. I want you to hold your own ground. I want you to make your own case. And I want you to be forceful. All right. You're there to help them. You're here under my, you know, under my jurisdiction. And we're trying to win. Here's my background. Here's my skill set. I can make this happen. In the end, this is going to be good for you. What am mm. I missing? Mm. And he was like, well, you know, wouldn't it be easier if you just kind of leaned in? And I was CEO at the time. I said, yes, it would be easier, but they would cave based on my pressure, but there would still be an undercurrent. You need to get acceptance, right, and buy-in from them. Mm. And one by one, there were four of them, one by one, he made inroads, mm. right? Because what he would, I said, look, you can't boil the ocean. So let's pick one person who we think is most likely to work with you. You start to work your magic, show what you can do. And then you could point to that with the others and say, look, I did this for Paul. I could do this for you, right? You could choose to either let me do it or not. In the end, you're going to be coming up short. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that was our approach. Uh, but that had, I would say, a 50% chance of a failure. Uh, you know, a lot of times that person came back and, you know, said to me, hey, Mike, you know, maybe I shouldn't have come. Mm, mm. <laughs> and I was like, don't you dare give in, right? <laughs> you stay the course, right? And uh, I got, and I, and he knew I had his back. So it wasn't like, you know, I was going to shoot him. Uh, there was no way. He was a very solid guy. Yeah, yeah. And I knew the organization had that tendency. Uh, so I had his back. And ultimately, uh, he did extraordinarily well. And uh, and the business benefited from that. So, right. But it was hard. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking Leaders. If you think podcasting might help get you heard and better understood and would like to have a chat about maybe giving podcasting a go. Or if you're interested in being a guest on Talking Leaders, drop me an email at paul.gisby at voquinexus.com.